Welcome to Dub Nation, the official show of the Utah Warriors of Major League Rugby. It is a top-button night. I am Jeremy Jordan alongside Banksy. It is game week, baby. We have waited so long in the offseason. It feels like forever since we've talked about game week. And here we are, week one. Dubs take on San Diego on the road to kick off MLR 2022, baby. Fun fact discovered by the Germans. We're live on the Utah Warriors <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube account. Subscribe to the podcast version on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. If you've got a question or comment, send those in. And it's a loaded show. We're going to preview the season opener against San Diego coming up Sunday afternoon. MLR Week 1 preview. We'll make our picks on who wins, who loses. Of course, we always pick the Warriors, so we won't necessarily pick them. Mikey Teo, MLR Player of the Year, will join us to talk about preparations for the season. Sean Davies is mic'd up. Don't worry, it's family-friendly. And gold medalist Derek Para will join us. He won gold in the 2002 Olympics here in Salt Lake City. Went to a couple of matches last season. We will pick his brain about what he's doing in the community here locally, as well as uh, his thoughts on rugby. Niche sport, got to learn it, got to explain it to other people. He can relate to uh, us rugby fans quite a bit. So let's dive right into previewing game one, baby. Uh, the Utah Warriors at San Diego coming up Sunday, this Sunday, February 6th, 5 Eastern, 3 Mountain here. Uh, KMYU's got you for TV, streaming on kslsports.com and the Rugby Network. Uh, Ali Khalifi will scream in your face if you don't watch or listen to this, okay? Radio, we've got the call on ESPN 700 and 960. I'm stoked for this one. And the matches with San Diego last year, they were really good. You know, San Diego kind of struggled through the early part of the year last year. I do not expect them to struggle through this year with the full offseason of preparation and everybody really knowing how to manage COVID now and kind of fitting into that routine. Uh, they've got some great additions uh, coming back to that squad. This is going to be a tough match to open the year for the Warriors. Certainly. And let's talk about some of the storylines. Of course, this is the season opener, the lid lifter. It is the first, and we've not talked about this much until right now, it's the first of two games in five days, Banksy. This is the shortest amount of time between games in the history of the Utah Warriors in five seasons. Thursday at Seattle, uh, they split the two-game series. Home teams won last year on their uh, respective pitches. The Legion, 0-2 in preseason. They lost 12-10 to Austin, 36-21 to L.A. So this two games in five days thing, it's a big deal. Like, how is how is Utah going to manage this with the roster, I wonder? You know, if you've got to do it, doing it early in the season is probably better. You know, the guys are rested. They're fresh still. They haven't had the beat down of, you know, doing this in week eight or week nine. You know, so to be able to get this in early in the season is a good thing. The tough part about this is it's at San Diego and then at Seattle, both obviously uh, in-division rivals and we saw Seattle become resurgent at the end of the year last year as well. I'd look for them to be much improved uh, against the Warriors coming up again that next Thursday on a game. Uh, Going to be tough back-to-back, -back, but I think these Utah Warriors are ready to manage it. These guys are chomping at the bit to get out there and get a run. San Diego, by their standards, probably had an off year last year. The, they finished in fourth. That team's loaded, dude. A bunch of national players, sevens, fifteens. That, they're, they're like Giltini's light to a degree where – Giltini's obviously got like all this money in names. There's some big names, obviously, um, you know, a couple of players to watch. Let's take a look at it. Ma'anono, of course, 103 caps with the All Blacks. If you know rugby, he's amazing. If you don't, he's amazing. You got to watch this guy. Chris Robshaw, 66 caps with England, the uh, former captain there. He was injured early last season. We didn't see him a ton. He's back. Will Hooley was signed, 18 caps with the Eagles. He was a big offseason signing. And then 
Nate Oxberger has 31 caps with the Eagles, including starting against the All Blacks for the United States this last summer. And these are just four of the dudes. They have a lot of big names here. This is a big match. You know, through the first three, you could even say four seasons at MLR, there was a bit of an arms race, really, between Seattle and San Diego. And that was the rivalry in Major League Rugby, talking about winning plates and shields and championships. And uh, obviously having a tough year last year, the big injury to Rob Shaw hurt, and then missing Ma'anonu, who didn't play uh, last year in the MLR. Getting him back will be a big piece in that back line, and having Rob Shaw's leadership in the forward pack is going to be massive. This is a really good rugby team. And I, I'm excited for the matchup with the Warriors because last year um, they split and the last meeting was June 12th. The Warriors won that 45-41 and were down 17 with 13 minutes left. This was the game of the year for the Warriors. They came back to win in the final moments. It was nothing short of incredible. The finish from Yuri Van Buren right there onto the post was great. You know, there's so many moments from this game that were really electric. And I'm really looking to this Warriors team to continue a lot of this form. You know, when we get to later in the show, I'll explain why. But there are a lot of close games. The Warriors won or lost, excuse me, three games by less than 12 points last year. You know, they can hang 40 on just about anybody, and they're going to need to hang 40 on some of these teams to be able to get a win. And uh, I think we can pull it off week one. 45 points in that game, by the way. Tied for second most uh, in Warriors history. I mean, that was an offensive showcase. Of course, giving up 41. We talked about it. This was a team that gave up a lot of points, but was the second best offense in the league to LA. So I'm excited for that. Okay, serious history. That The win we just described is the one win in five meetings with San Diego. One and four overall. Um, and in four of the five matchups, San Diego's put up 31 plus. So I wonder if we'll see another kind of shootout. Yet it's week one. So it could get ragged, but it might be low scoring because both teams are still trying to figure out. I don't know exactly how this is going to play out. I don't have a good guess. I doubt this is going to be low scoring. I think each team is <laughs> going to, I think each team will go for at least 30 in this match. It's going to be back and forth and it may come down to whoever can put multiple phase play together in that final 10 minutes of the match. It's going to come away with the win. I think it's going to be that close. Okay. Where do you feel like the Warriors perhaps have an advantage over the Legion in this matchup? I think the the loose play is where they had the advantage previously. When things break down, when they get scrappy, when things deconstruct and you don't have your platform, the Warriors kind of lost some of the advantage specifically against San Diego in those matchups. And you can really see the moments where they took advantage if you watch any of those previous games. This is a different Warriors team now, and we've seen them win ugly in those moments through last year and just through sheer will and determination find a way to make those connections. Now we've got a team coming back. You're talking about a back three that have incredible chemistry together and have now played internationally together. You're talking about a reinforced forward pack who will give us the structure that we need going into San Diego. You know, when you're on the road, when it's a tough game, it starts with your forward pack really establishing that physical dominance. And the Utah Warriors are known for that. So when things get scrappy and they do break down, you can build off of that structure and really come up with something electric. I'm really excited among the forwards to see Jamie Lane um, and the Kiwi. I, I just think he sticks out. You know, at practice, I went the other day. I was like, this this dude is a baller um, in, in the loose plays he mentioned. And then the, one of the strengths, obviously, offensively was you have Mikey Teo and you have Mika Kruse and you have Joe Mano and James Vifale and some really talented players. Niall Saunders, perhaps, at scrum half. We'll see if it's Danny Christensen or, or Niall at nine. And then Caleb McInnie is uh, a guy who I think is going to surprise a lot of people in the league. So, 
we're going to get our first taste of like a very familiar looking Utah Warriors team, but there's some pieces in the playmaking positions that could have a massive impact. I think you'll be familiar really with the style of play that comes up that ball in hand playing sideline to sideline. You know, there's, you're going to see a lot of action with the boot. I'm really excited to see how Cliven Lobser fits in this year with a healthy and, and fully recovered uh, Cliven Lobser playing at 10 or 15, depending on where he fits in. So there's a lot of options for uh, this coaching staff to figure out exactly who fits in best on any given week. And where do you put Mikey Teo, which is fun. He can play wing. He can play fullback. He can go anywhere, right? He's played scrum half for a couple of minutes. And then fly half, like you said, that's a huge thing. Cliven Lobster is going to be kicking. He's going to be the guy now, the Namibian from the uh, national team in the World Cup. Um, he's got his opportunity now. We saw some real flashes. And so I'm excited to see this, uh, you know, the, the input of, uh, more Cliven and then some of these new guys and then the familiarity of, of one of the best teams in the league. So here we go. Huge test in game one against San Diego. It's coming up Sunday, three mountain time. We mentioned KMYU radio as well on uh, on ESPN 700, 960 streaming on kslsports.com, the rugby network. Listen, no one's got a, lead, uh, a deal like this in broadcast. You can watch it. You can listen to it. You can stream it. Whatever you want, you've got it. And again, you do not want Ollie screaming at you. I've not had this, but I assume <laughs> it's no fun. I just assume that. He's a big teddy bear, but don't tell him I said that, all right? <laughs> Look, it, this week, obviously, away, there's so many different options for you to watch. But don't forget, the best home field advantage in Major League Rugby is at Zions Bank Stadium with Dub Nation. Get your 2022 season tickets. They are available now. Call 801-477-7652 or go to Warriors Rugby. Dot com. Get your packages all set up. Get your seats picked out. Get your kit ready to go. That's all available online on the shop. And and let's go, Dub Nation, because it's time. I love it. I love it. Week four will be the first, I guess week five, game four, will be the first home game for the Utah Warriors. Okay, let's bring in the Major League Rugby Player of the Year, Mikey Teo, who joins Dub Nation as we get ready for the Utah Warriors and San Diego Legion. Uh, a man who put up some uh, great numbers last year, and the offseason's been busy as well in the family. Mikey, how's it going, man? Welcome to the program. Hey, Jen. Thanks, thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, I've been busy in offseason there. So Let, Let's talk about it. Va'a, the, the, your first child, you and your wife had uh, your first baby. How, how's Va'a doing? How's the family life now? Yeah, baby Va'a, he's good. Uh, he's in the back playing. So I don't know what he's doing back there. I never know what he's doing. <laughs> Doing whatever uh, yeah, babies no, do, right? <laughs> yeah, wife and baby are good, and yeah, they're here with me this season, so it's nice to have their have their support here rather than uh, living with my teammates. So uh, it's going good, and yeah, game week, just getting ready for the game this weekend. So let's talk about that lead up with preseason now being back in. Uh, obviously, you were named Major League Player of the Year. Uh, you meant so much to this Warriors team from a leadership standpoint as well as on offense. How has it been now coming into camp with a lot of guys getting healthy and really looking forward to this first week? What's the vibe like? Uh, we got a good vibe going on. Uh, we just had an inter-squad scrimmage. We didn't get a chance. To, uh, we had plans to play L.A., but that fell through. Um, so we're pretty much just beating up on each other. And I think we're ready to, I don't know, stop doing that and put it towards somebody else. So the build-up's been good. Uh, you know, we had a four-week preseason, and one of the weeks got cut off because of COVID. So, um, yeah, you know, we just got to roll with, deal with what we got. And um, we're still waiting on a couple more guys to come in. So, uh, I don't know. I feel like we got a strong team uh, for the uh, season opener. And, yeah, it was a quick turnaround with the following week. But, you know, we can't look too far ahead. So we can't even look towards the 
uh, midseason yet. We're just all focused on one game. You can't even look to Thursday of next week when you have another game, which is crazy, right? Two two and five days is going to be gnarly. How, how is this team going to manage that? Because that's certainly unique. Uh, yeah, we just trust trust our coaches, you know, and our SNC coach uh, Matt Matt. So um, yeah, we'll just see what what he has planned for us. Probably not going to have a day off in between games, but uh, hopefully a good little rest weekend after that Seattle game. Look, first win the game, then win the recovery, then we'll talk about Seattle, right, Mikey? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just worried about that first whistle right now. Pretty much all my focus is on. So, so talk about some of the newcomers to the team. As one of the captains last year, you know, you kind of had that leadership role. There's a lot of changes in the back line and a lot of new additions in that forward pack. Who have you been most excited to see and uh, who's kind of fit in the fastest with the Warriors and, and what you guys are doing? Uh, I would say the most exciting, uh, everyone that they brought in, Caleb, uh, Niall, and uh, Jamie, we call him Tree. Um, I don't know. I think everybody calls him Tree, but uh, Caleb's been so fun. Now we're going to have a good back three this weekend. A little hint, hint and preview there. And then uh, <laughs> and Niall's quick off the mark, you know, at scrum half. And, you know, Tree's just a tree. Like, he's, he's a solid player, good height. We're going to have good lineups. So, yeah, it's going to be a little bit different looking Utah team as last year, but uh, I feel like we're going to be uh, pretty solid. So, did Caleb cut his hair a little bit? I, I didn't see all. Did, does he still have that hair? Yeah. Oh, uh, you got to watch the game this weekend. Make sure you watch it. Okay, <laughs> I, I was at practice, but it was so cold there were a lot of beanies, so I couldn't tell. But yeah. I am excited. That's some good lettuce right there. You got some good lettuce too. How yeah. how long is it right now? Alice, same length as last week. Surprise. Just keep it. There's like a Samson element to you, right? Don't cut it. <laughs> like, look at Mikey Tail selling tickets, baby. I love it. Watch the game. <laughs> so we get paid talk about now. And, and I, we'll say that again. We get paid if you guys view. So just make sure you're watching again. <laughs> so I know – Talk about this statement, and it's kind of something that a lot of guys have mentioned. I think Ollie was the first one to mention it to me. Unfinished business. You know, you were one of the highlights of this Warriors attack, but we came up just short at the end of last year, not to rub salt in the wound. Now you go back again to your old team in San Diego with so many names and faces that you know. You know, how are you looking forward to that week? And is there is there any other history? there that you're ready to lay back out on the line uh no it's i'm just excited to be back in san diego man i know uh my family's you know they live in la so they're going to be there so i'll have that support um you know old teammates still play for them ma's been you know a great mentor for me since i played with him a couple years ago so excited to see him and his family and yeah man i'm just looking for good rugby you know good competition that's what we want you know we don't want to walk into parks this year uh, I don't think any team is a walk in the park. So, uh, man, that's just – we just want to compete. We're here to, we're here to play the best. We hope San Diego brings their best. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll bring our best too. But, hey, we both have kids. We know about crying babies, so we don't even care. Ba, you just do your thing, man. You Look, he's letting them know. know. Dad, Dad's going to score three um, and kick his own conversion to win it at the don't end. don't care, man. They don't care if it's live. Well, whatever. <laughs> Let's go. Okay. Um, 
Yeah. Let, okay, the last game you played with San Diego was like one of the greatest games of rugby I've ever Ooh. seen. You guys are down 17 with 13 minutes left to come back to win. What do you remember from that day? Because that was a really special game. Yeah, there's so that was a crazy game. Like they were scoring like 60 meter tries just out of nowhere. And I do remember that hit. So we got Hitman, Thomas Tuval made that hit. Then he scores his try. I'm over there walking in the back because it was so hot. All I remember was just the hottest day in the world in the first half. <laughs> and then once the second half came, we're like, all right, we're down 17. Let's just try to get some points. Yudi does this, and then all these pick and go. And then Chad's comes off the bench and just makes a makes an unbelievable play. Mika just kind of being with Mika. I don't know. Mika's weird. He's got Mika. And then uh, just put the nail on the hammer at the end. That's that's kind of what we're we're here. You know, bad news bears, call it what you want. And we just came back. This last this last class, we got a uh, change by Paulette finishing it off. I won't make a good commentator. This is <laughs> in that moment though. Everybody <laughs> ran up to the right on that last play. I mean, we're talking at that point. We're almost, I think, to the 90th minute in that match. Like we're the soccer l- length. Now in that match, everybody shifts and comes out right on that last phase. Did you know James was out wide there, or did you just see him and make that skip pass as kind of an instinctive thing with that field of vision? At first, I was trying to go pick and go with the forwards, so I went straight to the goal line. I was like, "All right, I'm ready." And then I saw Saya Uhila. You know, Saya's a giant. No one's tackling this guy. So I put. I actually saw him. I was like, "Hey, let's go out like we did earlier in that week." So I brought him out, and I wanted him to run a line off me. Someone would be at the back, and James would be on the miss ball. So when Clinton caught it, I had enough time to look, and I saw that James was on the edge. Uh, I knew Saya was running hard. I was like, no one's tackling Saya 10 meters out. Clinton passed me the ball, and then just instinctively, I saw the wing shoot up. The wing shoots up. You always do go for the miss pass, and uh, luckily James was there, and thankfully he was there because I would just pass it to Tap dancing down the end line. <laughs> Yeah, I asked James, uh, you know, the next week you had him on. I was like, dude, you almost went out. He's like, I wasn't going to go out. I was going to score. <laughs> he was going to yeah, score. I think um, that's yeah, come on. Okay, Cliven Lopser is now going to have his opportunity. Oh, Va, what's up? Sholay. What's up, bro? Yeah. <laughs> that's great, dude. It's Dub Nation debut. First baby on the show. Uh, in three years, I think. So that's exciting. Okay, so Cliven Lobster. Yeah, Cliven. Cliven Lobster is going to have more opportunities to be a fly half this year, right? He kind of got hurt with some in spurts. I liked what we saw. What What is he going to bring to the table this year? Uh, I don't know if you guys watched some of his games with uh, Namibia after our season. You know, he was balling out, doing crazy, ridiculous offloads. Um, he's quick off the mark, same as last year. Uh, he's healthy. He's fit. Um, you know, great boot on him. I think he'll be taking for taking for post this weekend. And uh, yeah, you get to see him in action. Which I, uh, everyone's excited to see him in action. So pumped up for it. So talk about you know uh, Niall and Caleb in this group with Cliven. You know, there's on any given week you could end up at 11, 14, 15 nine even yeah. if it was required there's such a versatile group here how is that working with that much talent like i feel like everybody has stepped up another notch with this group that we've got oh man that's the thing i'm excited it's a long it's a long season well 16 games and then we have a few playoff games i don't know what the playoff schedule is looking like but you know last year 
some of us went 80 minutes, you know, like we didn't, never, never came out, never wanted to come out, but never came out. Um, so, you know, we have so much firepower now. It's nice to have a few extra guys. There's a mystery, mystery arrival coming in the next month as well. Um, yeah, this is exciting. Good time to be, good time to be a warrior. It's going to be a good season this year. I like the tease there. A mystery arrival. Junior Warriors uh, contract. That's what it is, right? It, yeah, yeah, it's Ba. <laughs> He's the starting tight head for the under two Utah Warriors team. Go for it, bro. That's a healthy boy right there. Let's go. Well, Mikey, we appreciate the time, man. We're super looking forward to uh, you know the game Sunday afternoon. It's going to be a ton of fun. KMYU, ESPN 96700, com, and the Rugby Network. It's going to be awesome. Shout out to uh, your yeah. wife, and uh, we you. appreciate the time, man. Okay, right on. See you guys uh, Sunday. Tune in. We'll see you Sunday. Mikey, Va'a, and the gang. Uh, we appreciate the time of Mikey Teo, MLR Player of the Year. First baby on the program. You know what? It took a minute, but we finally had one, which is fantastic. And Mikey is going to play, a, obviously, a huge role. Like, Getting Mikey Tail last year enabled the Warriors to be from uh, rise from the dregs of the league. And it wasn't just Mikey, but I think he set the tone, honestly. Getting Mikey was like, oh, we're serious. Um, he changed everything. Um, the, he helped change the culture. He helped change the offense. You go to the second best offense in the league. I mean, that's the power of Mikey Tail. And there's so much, like he said, versatility now in this back line that on any given week, you never know who's going to be lining up where. It's going to be a nightmare for teams to match up against whatever back line we present. And don't forget, you know, our centers are also giant playmakers in this team. That's not even talking about the back three. When you talk about 9, 10, 12, and 13, that's a nightmare matchup and a consistent pairing in the centers for the Utah Warriors team. That's chemistry to build on. So this is going to be an exciting attack. There's so many good wingers. Like, Mika Kruse might play a center position this year. We'll see. You have Calvin Whiting and Tyler Fisher back. Like, I'm very excited about this. But it is a long season, and you do need depth. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Okay. This season on Dub Nation, we're going to give you some inside access to the team we haven't before with some mic'd up segments. This week, we hang out with my former college roommate, starting scrum half in a World Cup, and Warriors assistant coach, Sean Davies. Oh. DC, put a shirt on, bud. We know you work out. Let's go, boys. What a day. It's a great opportunity working on a catch pass. Yeah, boy, boy. Sorry, Mark. Pass. Ah, that was me. That was me. Sorry, boys. Yeah, good, good, good. Fast, fast. Ah. See their foot. Joey. That's ugly. Two second hang time. Chad, are you in, bud? I hope. <laughs> Bernsey. <laughs> Sorry, Chad. What was that, bud? Wow! I don't swear, my mom would hate that. Chad? <laughs> that, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, oh, man. Don't post that. Uh, yeah, we're going to post that. Good stuff from Sean Davies. And Banksy, he's had a massive impact on, obviously, team culture, a guy that played here locally at BYU. From South Africa, played in the World Cup in 2019 with the United States as starting scrum half. He brings a ton to this team. He's an incredible asset to have, just the knowledge and experience that he's played, as well as his attitude. You know, he's a, he's a player's coach because he was a player, and that's not, you know, 
a character Sean plays. He's like that with or without the mic and a camera in front of him. He's just one of those positive energy guys. So it's great to have him. And he and uh, and, and Pitsy have been unbelievable as a tandem uh, pairing for this Utah Warriors team and what they've built together technically with the X's and O's. Uh, by the way, can we do a big shout out to the man Logan Tango? playing with the uh, USA Sevens Eagle yeah. on the Sevens World Tour in the comments section. He's shouting out to Mikey Tail. Logan, we see you, cuz. I love it. Rob Nelson, uh, let's go, Mikey. Yep. Rob Hammerschmidt, congrats to you and your wife. Yep. Uh, good stuff, man. Kyle Campbell, we should have babies on the show more often. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we will. Uh, maybe we will. I don't know. I did want to ask you, too, about this group of scrum halves. Obviously, uh, Niall Saunders... DC, Danny Christensen, Jone Vatu Wali Wali. This is a group um, that's pretty new, except for Danny, right? And, uh, you know, I, I'm confident they're going to be good and good early with the tutoring of Sean Davies. I mean, we saw what DC was able to do, finally earning his first Warriors start in cap last year and leading that Warriors team through a tough 80 minutes and what he did. He's in better shape and more experience now this year. You add to that. Uh, the other assets that have come in, including Jone, who is a very young nine, but really experienced for Fiji. And, and the, we're looking at a turn of pace now that I don't think we've seen yet from that nine spot. So it should be exciting as they continue to develop. And we'll see who gets the start, right? Do you throw Niall Saunders in there first time? You know, Harlequins, all that experience, right? See the starting guy is Danny Christensen initially. We'll see. We'll see what happens Sunday. I'm excited to see the rosters probably Friday. So the Utah Warriors have announced broadcast partners for the 2022 season. Fans, you've got so many options to see your Warriors in action. You can check it out on uh, KJAZ Listen Live on ESPN 700 and 960, which is where we'll have the broadcast this weekend. Of course, uh, you can stream matches on KSL Sports and ATT Sportsnet as well. So many different options for you to be able to catch your Warriors in action. It's going to be awesome. Okay, let's uh, preview week one uh, around the league. And this season, we're going to make some picks each week and see who is worse at predicting these games. Okay, so let's go game by game here. We won't make Warriors picks. We're going to assume we want the Warriors to win every week, okay? Old Glory DC at Rugby ATL. Who you got? Rugby ATL wins that one at home in what they continue to call the Snake Pit. That's a really good rugby team, uh, even with the missing piece of Jeremy Misa Ilegalu being released by the team. Uh, you know, that's still a really good rugby team there. Hey, man, I go with Rugby ATL. Dallas at Austin. I go with Austin. I, I'm going against the expansion team until I kind of see them play a little bit here. Austin pushed the Utah Warriors at every stage through the back half of last year. That's a good rugby team that's looked good in preseason, too. A big physical squad there in Austin. They're going to take the win over Dallas by two tries. Giltini's at Houston. Hard to pick against L.A. typically. I'll continue to go with L.A. here. That's going to be an improved Houston side, but Giltini's just going to be too much for them to handle L.A. by 20 at least. Ooh, L.A. Gonna be a big one. the USA 7s, by the way. <laughs> they just got like Danny Barrett and a bunch of dudes. It was awesome. Okay, uh, New England at NOLA. This is a fun one. I'll go with an upset here. I'll go with New England. Uh, you can go with New England all you want. I'm picking NOLA here, the home team down there. Uh, it's, it's a lot to travel to New Orleans and play. Even in this late winter, early spring season, uh, Nola in a close one by seven. Okay. And uh, last but not least, again, we're not picking Warriors games. Uh, we assume the Warriors are going to win. Uh, Toronto at Seattle. This is, the, this is the second best game of the week, I think. I think Utah at San Diego is the best. And then I think uh, in terms of just matchup, right? Toronto at Seattle. 
I, I'll go Seattle here because home squad and Toronto to their credit finally gets to play a season where they're at home and not away. Right. I'll go Seattle in this one. Toronto has a chip on their shoulder from last year, but this is a big physical forward pack from Seattle. I'm going to pick against you just so that we've got some, uh, some yeah. disparity in the win loss count here. So I'm going to pick Toronto by three. Okay. I love it. We'll keep track of this. By the way, we didn't mention this last week, but rugby ATL um, head coach, Scott Lawrence resigned suddenly two weeks ago. So Steven Brett, 36 year old Kiwi takes over. So new leadership there. And that's from a rugby ATL team that won the East. So um, that's a big switch uh, for them. So we'll, we'll see how that plays out. How that and talking out. to people around the league, a lot of that was due to an ownership change and a mm-hmm. change in culture. And rather than create a conflict, I know Scotty just decided, you know what, it's better for me to step aside and, and let the new guys do things the way they want to do them. And, uh, and, and credit to him for letting the, both the club and he as a coach keep their integrity intact with that move. Yeah, which is pretty interesting given that you won the East. You won the East and you're out. It's just a little odd. All right. Well, uh, coming up, we'll do some season predictions. But first, let's bring in to the program Olympic gold medalist speed skater from the 2002 Olympics and silver. A guy who lives here locally. He's doing great work. Derek Para is on Dub Nation. Derek, it's great to have you on the show. We appreciate you taking a few minutes. I know you went to uh, some games last year. Thanks for being on Dub Nation here. I think we need to uh, unmute Derek's mic here, Billy. Or, or <laughs> there we go. I'm a rookie. Hey! Yeah. Welcome to the program. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me. You had a great time out there with the games last season. Um, I took my daughter out for a few games and had no clue what was going on. But uh, um, a friend of mine, Job Abzi, gave me some tickets. And then a friend of mine, Chase Kelly, was up behind me and started giving me some of the, the lingo on what was going on. And started to understand the game and it's a great game and saw some great last minute victories a few times. Everybody's got to love a good old John Absey. So uh, <laughs> such a stud of a human being. Uh, talk about your success and what are you doing now post medals and all the success you had in the Olympics. Now the Olympics start this weekend. What have you been working on? Are you still training with athletes? What are you doing now uh, to, to fill up your days as gold medal winning Olympian <laughs> Derek Parra? Well, uh, after I retired in 2006, I started uh, coaching development at a lower level, and I ended up coaching a program which, which was called WHIP, which was inline to ice because I came from an inline skating background. And I had about the top 20, top 10 athletes in roller sports come over to ice skating, train them for a few years. A majority of them made national teams. Ended up coaching the team in Vancouver. In 2010, we came home with I think five medals in our group, and then uh, at that point, I got hired by the Utah Olympic Legacy Foundation for youth outreach, got into some schools, trying to get kids involved in sports and winter sports for that matter here in Utah. And uh, that kind of grew into overseeing some speed skating events and then working with the hockey and figure skating programs. And now I'm the director of sport at the Utah Olympic Oval. And uh, I, I really kind of make sure that we're teaching the right things, age appropriate skills, uh, you know, sport for life philosophies, and just making sure people are having a great experience when they come into the building. I love the Oval. I grew up in West Jordan, so we'd go over there and watch our high school hockey team play or skate. Or You can curl, can't you, there? We've got curling, figure skating, speed skating, hockey, in addition to public skate. Our, we have a 435-meter track around our Oval, so we've got tr- high school track teams in there we're working out. We have competitions this week for a sprint challenge, distance challenge, and a high school track meet uh, for the state next week, or February 11th and 12th. 
Uh, it's, it is a three ring circus there sometimes, but it's great having the youth of the community come in. And, uh, you know, in, in my career and in my experience, I was always kind of, you know, just plugging along, had hard time at times. I was eating out the trash cans on my journey to the games and I had people that were step into my path and somehow let me take a step forward. And now I'm, I'm very blessed to have that opportunity to be that person for someone else and hopefully help them make that jump to the next level. And, and ultimately if they choose to the Olympic games. So I think full credit to you and to the uh, USA Olympic team who have managed it. Utah has more athletes than any state going to the, this winter Olympics, right? I think we have 70 athletes from the state of Utah going to China to compete this, this Olympics. Who are you most excited to see as we watch the games? Well, I'm definitely excited to see the, the kids that come out of our programs. Uh, you know, we have, uh, we have foundations here that help our own athletes in our programs. We have a youth winter Alliance or we have youth sports Alliance up in park city that uh, helps out other sports and different athletes. And uh, one of my favorites right now is a guy named Casey Dawson. This is a kid that I coached at the grassroots level when he was nine years old in a learn escape program up in Park City, came into our club, went through our pipeline, got the national team, uh, is the best distance skater we have now, and should you know will be in Beijing to skate. So to see someone come through the program like that, I think it really shows something about the legacy we have here in Utah. And if you look at the numbers of athletes we represent in Utah or have something to do with Utah, they come from all around the world to train in our world-class facilities. We've, we've maintained them. They're not white elephants, you know, like they are in other countries of hosted games. Uh, they're, they're used for what they were built for. And now we have more people than we've ever had in our facilities. And we just keep trying to pumping these kids through, teach them the fundamentals, and hopefully, you know, teach them some good morals and Olympic values, and they can take it on wherever they go in life. Sounds like what That's you're incredible. doing with speed skating is what we're doing with rugby. Exactly. And, and speak to that some more, Derek, where it's like, hey, I really love these kind of niche sports, right? the explanation, the the PR associated with it. Because once someone understands that sport a little better, now they can appreciate another level. So what's it been like for you with speed skating and, and the other sports locally to, to do that? Because we're trying to do that with rugby in the Valley and throughout the state as well. I mean, it's, you hit it right in the head. You know, uh, my life has been a niche sport. I grew up in roller speed skating. No one knows what that is, right? <laughs> I mean, I grew up in a, in a sport where you went to the roller rink on a Saturday afternoon and you had no idea that six hours, for six hours before that, there was a competition going on. And I grew up through that. I went to nationals, world championships, uh, world games, Pan-American games, won tons of medals, and no one had any idea what I did. They had no idea, you know, the trainers would come up and we have some new trainers at Colorado Springs at a training camp and they found out about the sport and loved it. Uh, same thing with ice skating. It's a Olympic sport, but not too many people watch it. You don't see it on TV that often. But when you do see it on during the Olympics, it's the most watched sport. It's it's sold out at every Olympic Games for each venue. Short tracks like NASCAR on ice. You've got the you know the the, the thrill of long track speed skating and speeds they hit. Uh, it's, it's it's incredible to watch as a sport. But once people learn about it, they love it. But with rugby, same thing. I never saw rugby until what last year. But the only connection I have to rugby is that in what in the early 2000s, I was part of a, a bid committee to try to get roller sports in the games in 2016 and golf and rugby seven won and beat out roller sports and they beat out squash and, you know, taekwondo and softball and baseball. Uh, but I didn't know anything about the sport, but after watching the games and understanding about it, uh, how the plays work and the strategy, man, I'm a fan. Those guys are, are tough 
and they have some, I mean, they're just sticking each other and the, the, you know, the strategy within the game um, it's, it's, it's addictive. And I went to about three or four games last year. What would you say to somebody that's coming out to a rugby game for the first time with you? What would you tell them to expect as they get ready for that first whistle to blow? Oh, some incredible uh, impact with some of those bigger guys. Uh, they were, I mean, you could, you could feel the impact on some of those tackles last year. Um, the crowd was going like getting into it and ooh and ah and and just the the athleticism. These guys are going at it, no gear, passing the. I'm not sure if you call it a ball or what do you call it? Is it a ball? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, passing the ball laterally. You know they have the like, the kick. I can't. I'm not sure what the terms are, but and the the actually the the efficiency and the the aim that these kickers have from a very small. I mean, look at the NFL. They, I'm not sure how big those goalposts are. These guys can't make a kick sometimes. And the goalposts there and rugby are so narrow. And these guys are at angles splitting the uprights. It's impressive. It's impressive. Well, I wish I could bottle your energy and sell it to everybody to come check out a rugby game. I could not have said it any better myself, Derek. That's awesome. I love that energy. Yeah. It is fun to watch, man. And I, I can appreciate, you know, an athlete out there working hard. And every single person on that field is working hard. It isn't like soccer sometimes where you see some people in different parts kind of resting. These guys are in every play and every and it, everyone matters. So you don't know if you're going to get the ball or not, but you know the direction it's going. But they're blocking and setting up the plays and to see those scores. Uh, it, yeah, it's exciting, man. It's really exciting. We're looking forward to the season, which starts Sunday. And uh, for those who want to get involved in some of the things that you're doing in the community, how do they get involved? Uh, if you ever want to go to any of our websites, the Utah Olympic Legacy Foundation, uh, it's ulf.org. Uh, just kind of sign on, check it out. We have some uh, parts or places you can donate, whether it's your time or funds. We have scholarship programs for our, our athletes and some of our uh, up-and-coming athletes and programs. We go out outreach into the youth uh, with schools in the area over in Kearns and the west side. Um Youth Sports Alliance, you can always donate there. They're always helping athletes trying to get to that top tier. And then uh, I actually work with Wasatch Adapted Sports too, up in Park City. I mean, sorry, up in uh, Snowbird. And uh, they do a great job getting, you know, like wounded veterans back out on the ice, on the snow and uh, even on the ice, you know, with like something like sledge hockey and other kids who maybe have some, you know, um, some disabilities to help them get active in sports. The three great organizations I love uh, to work with and uh, they have great people around them. So. That's great. That's great. Well, Derek, we appreciate the time, man. We've we've never had a baby on the show. We've never had a gold uh, medal uh, Olympic winner on the show. So today is a fantastic, amazing record show for us. We appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us, and uh, we hope to see you at Zions Bank Stadium this year again. I will be there. Awesome. Derek Parra, gold medal winning speed skater in the 1500, silver medal as well from the 2002 Olympic Games, right here in Salt Lake City. Pretty cool to see and hear what he's involved in and how he's a part of the Utah community as well now. And look at how great he looks. Derek Parra is aging like fine wine. I'm like aging like age. a gallon of milk that sat in the back of your fridge for too long. Like, <laughs> he looks fantastic, and his energy is absolutely infectious. That's what a great, great representative for sport in Utah, and uh, and very, very grateful to have him on Dub Nation with us. Yeah, thanks to uh, Mikey Teo and Derek Parra for joining us so far. But we're not done. we got some season predictions after uh, – you know, a, a call to get your gear. 
If you want all of the Utah Warriors' latest gear, it's available now. You've seen it. A tribute in our fifth year with the Classic Hoops. It's got the special five-year MLR anniversary patch on it. Get all of it at shop.warriorsrugby.com and be ready for the very first Utah Warriors home game at Zions Bank Stadium. Dub Nation going to show up in the red and black and show the rest of MLR what we're all about. Michael Omoro guaranteed already has this. <laughs> already got it. He's the biggest fan of Utah Warriors. Fantastic. Okay, last but not least, last couple of minutes here. Uh, season predictions. This is where we're going to call our shot on a couple of things. Um, and then at the end of the season, we'll look back and look how foolish uh, we were in these selections. Okay, so let's – I'll present it. You answer, I'll answer, and then we'll move to the next one. Okay, record in the regular season out of 16 games. I'm going to go 12-4. and four. The Utah Warriors Ooh. lost some close ones last year. They're going to win the close ones this year and get it done. 12-4 and four is my prediction, and uh, that's good enough for second in the West. 12-4 and four would be amazing. 10-6 and six with a ton of bonus points last year. Got the Warriors second. I'm going 10-6 and six as well. Um, I think it's going to be a fantastic regular season again, and I think that yields probably the two seed as well. Perhaps the three. The two will play the three. This year, there was no three last year. So that's good. Top three out of seven in the West go to the playoffs. Okay, leading try score. Which player and how many? Uh, I'm gonna, I went for a tie here on this. I think a healthy Joe Mano comes out and scores seven this year. And I think Mikey Tao matches it with an electrifying backline. There's a lot of youth. There's a lot of speed. And there's a lot of energy with a resurgent Joe Mano. I think they're tied at seven apiece uh, playing from the back three. Last year, there was a tie in the regular season. It was Mikey Teo and Sama Malolo with nine. I go Mikey Teo alone. He goes for eight. I wouldn't be surprised if Mika Cruze is in the mix here, too, but let's see. Could okay. be real easy. Leading point score, player in how many? Uh, if Cliven Lobster is kicking, I think he kicks for 60-plus and scores a few tries on his own throughout the course of the season. Okay, Cliven Lobster as well, 73. I don't know how we're going to tie break that one. How'd you figure uh, that number out? Like, where do you even get that from? Just so later we can see who was closest to the pin. So <laughs> I, I need you to say an exact number so we can see what it, so you said. Sixties. What do you? I said you sixty with? plus. Throw that. The, put me down for it. For sixty? Yeah. Okay, sixty. So like, if he gets sixty-seven, I win. Okay. Uh, leading <laughs> tackler, player, and how many? Uh, I'm going to go with Lance Williams here, and that's kind of a bit of an outside pick. You know, I, it really could have been. Bales or probably Yuri Van Vier in there, but I think the experience and the athleticism of Lance Williams puts him in more positions to make tackles this year and make the right decision on defense. I go Yuri Van Vieren with one fifty. He had one fifty four to lead the team last year. Okay. I'm gonna say a buck forty out of Lance. A buck forty. Let's go. Okay, line out takes. This is a super random one, and I think it's gonna be fun. Uh, I'm picking tree and uh, I, I don't know how many he's going to take, but I'm going to say he gets a 98% success rate at the line out when he's targeted. Oh, snap. Okay. Uh, I just went with like how many he's going to get. So we won't tie break this one, I guess. 66. Cause we're picking the same guy. We need a tiebreaker. What What are we going to do here? I'll, I'll pick 97% target rate. So if he goes below 98, I win. Okay, cool. Uh, $1. <laughs> That's what it feels like. Okay, player of the year on the team. Who's going to be the player of the year? Cap. I think Bales Wilson has a breakout season as the youngest captain still in MLR uh, from last year. And his abilities, his leadership that we saw through the international games last year, Cap gets it. Okay, I go Mikey Tail. Um, I think he repeats. And we're talking Utah Warriors player of the year. We're not 
calling the the whole league that you know the fact that it was mikey was amazing um you know i thought they'd go with the guillotini but mikey was so good that they went with uh him it was great okay newcomer of the year this one will be fun for newcomer of the year and billy's got a picture of my newcomer of the year i'm gonna give it to this guy right here are you ready for this here is your newcomer of the year for the Utah Warriors, Billy. Let's throw this up on screen so we can see it. Billy's scrambling right now to find it. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh, crap, I didn't prep this one. Uh, he kind of <laughs> knew it was coming. We, we, we had talked about something. If he's got it here, stand by. I'm going with a, get with a, a picture real... up, you don't get a pick. We got a bit. Hang on. Where's, where's Billy at? Does Billy have it? Oh, he's probably scrambling. I'll give you my real pick and then we'll give you the dark horse on the other side of it. All right. My real pick out of this, I think is going to be uh, Tomasi Tonga coming out of the select side. He's nice. going to get some starts in the center with a long season. He's going to turn heads as a young center, whether he plays 12 or 13, people are going to see what an incredible talent he is. Yeah, a lot of talk about him coming out of the select season, which is a lot like we saw Joe Mano last year. He's going to be my newcomer of the year. Yes, good call there. Um, Caleb McInerney, I think he's going to have a massive impact in that back three. We're going to be like, dude, Caleb was amazing. And both, I think, will be. It'll be great. Okay, Okay, and uh, I'm going to add one more to this. This is going to be – this is your uh, glow up of the year for Major League Rugby. Uh, Here we go. Here it is. Are you ready? Look at that. Who's that guy? That's when I was uh, nine years old. Just kidding. Uh, someone goes, how old were you? 14? I go, legitimately, I was 23. This is from 07. <laughs> of course, that's Holly Rowe of ESPN Utah Jazz fame. Uh, Holly is fantastic. You look like you're 12 years old there. What do you weigh, like 85 pounds with your yeah. shoes on? No, legitimately, I probably weighed 150. Um, <laughs> I weigh like 185 now. Uh, but yeah, that was as a student reporter on uh, true blue with holly she was fantastic i love it yeah that's funny that's hilarious billy i'm coming for you um okay most most yellow cards last but not least okay i'm gonna go with paul mullen on this uh paul (laughs) loves to get scrappy and for some reason it's not paul's fault i think people just like to go at paul because of his reputation and his history and his clout and his credibility i think he gets a pair of them maybe three i'm gonna say two for sure uh out of paul mullen's probably this year Yuri Van Vuren, two. We had two last year. I'm just going to stick with the same. I think that, yeah, Yuri draws the ire of people and it gets scrappy. And I like an occasional yellow card. You know, it's all good. Plus, I like the band, whatever. Okay, that'll do it for us. Uh, we'll talk to you Sunday on ESPN 700 as the Warriors play at San Diego Sunday, three mountain time. You can watch it on KMYU, stream it on kslsports.com and the Rugby Network. Also on ESPN 960, I should mention. Like and share this episode of Dub Nation and follow the Utah Warriors on social media. For Mikey Teo and Derek Parra and Billy the producer, even though he put that picture of me up, and Banksy, I'm Jerem Jordan. Go Warriors!